Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. Tom's house was broken into, and he confronted the burglar and then had to go have eye surgery. And then my son had to go over Recently? and help. And then he rolled his car five times on the way home. Yeah, I'm under a lot of stress. Wait, what? <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. I don't mean to laugh. That was a clip from this week's Real Houses of Beverly Hills. However, I cannot help myself because that story was truly insane. I'm not saying that it didn't happen, but I am implying it. In the same way that PK we saw later in the episode was saying, how did that happen? There's no way a family could have so many rolled cars happen all at once. I mean, it'd be like getting struck by lightning twice. I mean, to all of that, I say, well, what the fuck? Excuse me, but what else is there to say about that? I mean, we're going to break it all down. I mean, we're going to spend at least like 25 minutes on that whole story because you guys, what the fuck? Uh, before we get into any of the Real House of Beverly Hills stuff, we're doing a whole episode on Beverly Hills because we have no New York this week. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's no New York to break down. Although it is revealed that I guess they're doing a reunion now. I'm not sure that we need it at this point, but they're going to be airing a reunion 100 weeks after the season uh, finished airing. And so not sure if we're going to watch it, but they're going to air it. That's certainly something that's going to happen. So uh, as it stands this week, though, we don't have uh, New York to break down. We do got to talk briefly, though. The Real Houses of Beverly Hills did film their reunion. I'm very excited. You know, I've been looking forward to this reunion. I think this season is stellar. Perfect TV. They really lucked out with all this court stuff going on. It's made for really compelling television. And I think there's other layers, too. You know, I think we had the satin crystal leather pants situation. I think there's some very interesting stuff happening with Garcelle. Although I'm very mad at the women for how they're treating Garcelle. I'm not liking it. Not liking it. Uh, but they did film a reunion, and so I feel like it's going to be explosive. And there were reports. I don't know why I said it like if I had a question mark. Like, is it going to be explosive? 
We'll see. TBD. However, I do think there was a, a blog that had reported that there was a lot of Garcelle versus Rinna stuff, and obviously those two despise each other. And it looks like it's going to come to a head at the reunion. Also, I think there's some Erica versus Sutton stuff. However, I, obviously we expected the Erica versus Sutton to come out at the reunion. What I was like maybe a little bit slightly disappointed in is that I was believing that maybe by the reunion time there'd be some Kyle and Dorit versus Erica stuff. However, none of that was leaked out. I mean, Andy Cohn was on his radio show talking about the reunion. I didn't hear anything about a Kyle versus Erica or Dorit versus Erica. So that would lead me to believe that they must all still be on Bamboozle Jane's side with all of this. And again, maybe they know something that we all don't know. Uh, but I was really expecting after the season aired and maybe those two, how they saw the fan bases reacted to all the legal stuff, that maybe Kyle and Dorit uh, would have switched sides here. I mean, even in this week's episode, we see them sort of switching sides with the husbands. And Kyle said, I think Mauricio was talking about how ridiculous all that stuff was and how there's a bunch of lies. And, and PK was doing that stand-up comedy routine uh, about Erica's lies in terms of the car flipping over. And it seems like Dorit and Kyle were starting to flip from the husbands, uh, telling them what was going on. And so I thought for sure the reunion would come in those two. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it just hasn't been leaked out to the press. But as it stands, it looks like that's not happening. They're all in cahoots. They're all in cahoots, ladies and gentlemen. In cahoots. In cahoots. Uh, okay, you guys, what else? Let's start with this episode. Let's just dive right in. Real Houses Beverly Hills this week, it opens with a man named Rhino, who's PK's best friend. It doesn't say best friend, actually, just one of PK's friends. But the name Rhino, I feel like you have to have seen some things if your name is Rhino. I just think that's a good name. I've never heard of a man named Rhino, and I like it. And he's the one inviting everyone, all these women, to an evening of glamour and romance to reveal Dorit's wedding dress line. So all of the invitations are these big-ass mirrors, which those invitations, you guys, I think we could have spent that money elsewhere. I mean, maybe that money should have went to the orphans and the widows, because I don't think we need to spend... How much could it have cost to do mirrored invitations that way? It had to have been pricey. I'd imagine each mirror had to have cost at least $20, $30, wait, maybe way more than that. I don't know how much a fucking mirrored invitation costs, but I think it's too much. You know, just tell you had sent uh, Rhino to invite them. Did you really need the mirror invitation as well? It seems like Rhino's enough because they also, I'd imagine, had to have paid Rhino to go to each one of these women's houses. And by the way, these women are all over LA. Don't get it twisted. They're not all in Beverly Hills. We got one of them was out in Pasadena for a while. I mean, they're all over the place, all over the map. One of them could be in fucking Nevada for all I know. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I don't think they're all in Beverly Hills. So Rhino had to do a lot of driving that day when he was inviting all these women to the evening of glamour and romance for Dorit's dress line. And so I imagine that cost a pretty penny just in gas. And so PK and Dorit really had to loosen up the purse strings to get those mirrors uh, invitations to these women. And I just think that money could have gone elsewhere. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I mean, I suppose that wouldn't make the night as special, but... You know, I don't know. It's a rainy day in LA too. Dorit's worried because she's throwing a party in a couple days. And she says, look, I'm an excellent party planner, but it's raining. And here's the thing. She's got this man named Nick over who's the real party planner. And it always bugs me on these shows when these people try to take credit for everything. And then we even see the person on screen who's really doing, I believe, most of the work. This Nick gentleman, 
I feel like he's the one who's really planning this party for a dress launch that is not just Dorit. It's also her and somebody else. And I, I also have questions about this other person who's doing the dress line with Dorit. How much work Dorit is actually adding to this. Now, she is adding value by putting her name and putting this dress line on the show. So I'm not discounting that. I'm just thinking, who did the ske- who did the sketches? It was that other woman, right? I think it was a woman or man, whoever the other co-designer is. I think they're maybe the one doing the sketches. There was that one sketch where Dorit is talking about how much she does in terms of design. And they showed a sketch. And all the sketches that they did show us, it had Dorit. It was like a cartoon version of Dorit in the wedding dress on the sketch. And that led me to believe that those were not Dorit's sketches. Because I can't imagine Dorit, the designer, is sitting down. Although maybe she is. It'd be a real narcissistic thing to do. Uh, but she's drawing, like, first a cartoon version of Dorit, and then she's putting the dress on top of that cartoon version in the sketch. I don't think that would happen. I think this other woman did the sketches, and then Dorit's talking about how much she does for the design, and they're showing this other woman's sketches. And that would annoy me if I was the other woman. Excuse me, I don't know her name. But she should, deserves a spinoff or something. I know, let's get her on Project Runway. I'm not sure. Oh, speaking of reality TV show crossovers, too, did you see one of Dorit's models was someone from F-Boy Island. Because Matt was watching with me. Now he's addicted to Real Houses Beverly Hills. He wasn't into it before. He watched the early seasons, and then he stopped watching because it was boring, of course. You know, they spent all those seasons on, like, a dog, and then whether or not Bamboozle Jane was wearing panties. And so he dipped out. He said, I'm not interested. And now he's back on board. And we're literally watching. And now my boyfriend's doing research as he's watching. We're watching. He's like, that woman's from Fuck, Fuck Boy Island, or whatever they call that show on HBO. And he looked it up, and sure enough, one of them was in it. So, you know, thank Matt for that research. My, he's my research team now, my research and investigation. That's Matt. <laughs> oh, you guys, I'm drinking a Skinny Girl coffee, you know, one of those half-calf K-cups. And, I, you know, I always tell you guys I love those Skinny Girl half-calf K-cups, but I hadn't had one in a really long time. And I'm not sure if they changed the recipe or something, and I certainly don't want to badmouth it, but I'm, I'm not saying it tastes like ass now, but I am implying it because the flavor is just not there what it used to be in my eyes. Maybe it's my taste buds are being off, but I haven't had one of these K-Cups in a while. And I'm like, what is this flavor? Am I drinking ass? <laughs> There's some caffeine in it, though. Thank God it's half-caff because I feel wild, I feel wired and wild. Okay, so what's going on? Oh, so yeah, all the stuff with Nick, the party planner, I feel like he's the one doing all this stuff in the in the rainy L.A. weather, planning this whole bridal launch. And Dorit, meanwhile, is wearing that Givenchy sweatshirt at the rainy day L.A. And I do think that sometimes Dorit should maybe scale back on the labels. I, I know we always talk about this, but it's like, she's always got the label out. And sometimes I don't think you need a label. It's like a little too much with the Givenchy sweatshirt. It was a cute sweatshirt, don't get me wrong. But it just seems like she doesn't know how to just shop at TJ Maxx or something, you know? And I don't get it. I don't get it. Dorit does say to Nick, though, in terms of planning this party, she says, we've got our work cut out for us. And I'm thinking Nick's got his work cut out for this. Not you, Dorit. I don't think she, I mean, maybe she is putting in work. I, I don't want to take it all away from Dorit. I feel like I'm hating on her. Uh, I'm hating on her. Anyway, then we cut to Kathy's house, and she's howling at her dog, Sue. She's howling at the dog, Sue, you guys. And I got the fucking chills. I have the no. chills. No. <laughs> I could watch. I know they did like a Vanderpump Dogs show for that Peacock thing. 
But I would like a show about Sue and Kathy, just howling at each other. I don't know. It'd be like uh, the dog whisperer, but it'd be Kathy and Sue. I need those two to go on the road. Okay, we got Sonia Tremont Morgan from New York is doing a whole city tour thing where she's Sonia in the city or something it's called. I need to see Kathy and Sue on the road just doing a bit. Those two talking to each other, it could be like, you know, ever see a ventriloquist? It could be like that, but it'd be Kathy on stage with Sue the dog. And they just tell stories. I don't, I, I can't quite figure it all out. I'm spitballing here, but I do think there's something there with Kathy and Sue. So I would just like us to all explore that a little bit, maybe think about it. Anyway, Kath is having everyone at the house. Not everyone. She's having Kyle, Erica, and Rena over for facials. For facial, she got a world class facialist who's doing some solid gold facials on these women. Twenty four carat gold facials, and it is sort of hard to feel bad for. Erica Jane, when she's coming and doing these 24 karat gold facials with champagne in Kathy Hilton's house, you know, it's living high off the hog, if you know what I'm saying. And it seems like she's got glam every time she's in a scene. So she's paying for glam, obviously. I mean, these women don't get free glam on the show. We know that. So somebody is paying for the glam. And we know previously she had said the glam was, I think, 30K or 40K a month. So maybe she's getting a discount from Mikey Minden or something, but she's still paying Mikey Minden throughout all of this court stuff. So I don't know. What's the truth? What's the truth? Anyway, it was really funny to me because there was a moment where Kyle's like, hey, I want to go get a carrot. And Erica Jane is like, oh, I'd like a carrot too. And so they excuse themselves to the other room. Now, I've seen a lot on these shows. We know... These people have to excuse themselves to get into two-person scenes. You know, sometimes we got a group event, and one or two of them have to find a reason to get to another room so they could get into their two-person scene. And I imagine producers go up to these women and they say, okay, we need you two to have a two-person scene, so find a way to get out of this group event, and then we'll follow you into the kitchen or whatever. And so I love the fact that Kyle, who's been on the show for upwards of, I don't know, 25 years, it seems like. I guess Beverly Hills has only been on for 10, but sometimes it feels like a quarter century. And uh, she is a pro. She's been in front of the camera for over uh, over a quarter century. And so the fact that Kyle got real lazy in the scene was just like, I want to go eat a carrot. Like, that was her reason to excuse herself. I just thought, Kyle, we could do better than that. You know, <laughs> I think maybe anything else. You could say literally anything else, like maybe, Erica, I'd like to go talk to you about something. Or, hey, do you want to run to the other room? We could have ourselves a private chat. But instead, she's like, I think I want a carrot. And then Bamboozle Jane, like the improviser she is, she yes-anded that comment and went to the kitchen for a carrot. She said, I'd like a carrot, too. (laughs) And for a split second, I thought they were talking about like carrot, you know, because they were talking about the 24 carat facials. I thought maybe they're talking about diamonds or something. But nope, they were talking about literal carrots because I saw them there. It looked like, it didn't even look like Kathy's carrots, you guys. I don't know if you saw that little tray of food they had uh, of the carrots. But I believe that was like production's carrots. I don't think Kathy served the carrots that way because it did not look up to Kathy's standards. I just feel like she would have a better veggie tray out. I don't think that she would just throw like, that looked like a little Costco tray. No shade to Costco, but it looked like one of the PAs ran to Costco and got a carrot tray. And then Kyle's like, I need a carrot. And then let's go get a carrot. You know, I think that's what happened. I'm sorry to just talk about carrots for 15 minutes, but <laughs> Matt and I have this joke whenever we're, whenever I'm on a diet and I, I eat some bad food for me, he'll be like, what are you eating? What's in your mouth? And my joke is, I always say it's a carrot. It's obviously like a piece of chocolate or a chocolate chip cookie or something, but I'm like, oh, it's a carrot. 
Anyway, uh, so they do have this conversation. Meanwhile, Rena and Kathy are doing the facials. And Rena says she needs to be muzzled more often because they have to muzzle her to put on this facialist stuff. And Rena's having a really bad season, is she not? I know a lot of people, you know, you either love Rena or hate Rena. And I feel like for the past few seasons, people have not cared for Rena. And especially last season with all the Denise stuff, I think Rena really got a lot of backlash that I think was deserved for all that stuff that was going on with Denise. But now this season, I feel like it's crossed over even so much more. And I think Rena tried to overcompensate for the Denise stuff. And so now she's blindly following Erica Jane. And I don't think it's coming across well. But even aside from that, she's talking about the muzzling. And there is just a lot of shouting. There, uh, we say it every week on here on the show. It's just a lot of like, ah, a lot of that. And you guys, it's uh, I can't handle it much more of it. I can't. And I always used to love Rena. Don't get me wrong, I used to love Rena, but this season, it's tough stuff. It is really tough stuff. Anyway, Kathy's explaining the third eye. You know, they somebody brings up the third eye. And so the producer asks Kathy in the confessional, they say, hey, what's the third eye? What do you think a third eye means? And she says, and I quote, when you do an ohm and you just zone out. She says, when you do an ohm and you just zone out. Wait, what? <laughs> wait, wait, what? Wait, what? I'm like, what are you talking? What the fuck? I didn't know what Kathy was talking about in that moment, but I loved it. I loved it. That's Kathy in a nutshell. Doesn't know what she's talking about, but I love her. And I feel so protective of Kathy. I'm actually very nervous about Kathy at the reunion because I don't want anything bad to happen to Kathy. My dear Kath, I am nervous for her. I feel like, remember that one scene a few weeks ago when she cried? I can't handle after reunions. Oftentimes these women cry. And I don't want to see Kathy cry. I just want to protect her like a little baby bird. A baby bird. I don't want to, want to say that like Dorit. But I do want to protect our dear Kath. And I, I don't know if I could handle her getting into it with anyone at the reunion. You know, she's there. She's a friend of, so she's not going to be at the reunion the whole time. But I'd imagine she's there quite a bit. And I'm just scared. I'm scared that she, I don't want her to fight with anyone. I don't want her to cry. I just want Kathy to come in, talk about the third fucking eye and hunky dory, and then get out of there. Get out of Dodge. So meanwhile, Erica and Kathy are having their carrot. And those two, I said they're in cahoots. And here they are in cahoots again. Because Erica Jane, this is when she talks about that thing with uh, Tommy Tutons. So Bamboozle Jane says, Tom's house was broken into. He confronted the burglar. My son went over and when he left, rolled five times, had to have eye surgery. It just kept going. It just kept going. And then Kyle is just sitting there like, what? Wait, what? Like she didn't, <laughs> Kyle didn't know how to react. And Eric was saying it so nonchalantly, like, oh yeah, then it was, then it was five times and then he rolled his car and then it met, and then my son came over, there was eye surgery and then an ankle surgery and then it rolled his car and blah, blah, blah. it was like, wait, what? Like, I think we were all thinking that. And Kyle did not know how to react. You know, Kyle knows how to give a reaction shot. But I think in that moment, she's like, what the fuck are you saying? And meanwhile, I'm watching at home and I had the chills. I have the no. chills. Because it was insane. It was truly unhinged. And the story was unbelievable. Kyle sent her confessional. She's like, it's an unbelievable story. She said, I'm not saying Erica's unbelievable, but the story is unbelievable. It's like, okay, I need some of these women to wake up and I need them to start questioning some of this craziness. Because Kyle was sitting right across from her in that scene. And I was actually getting pissed. Now I'm getting worked up here. Because Kyle's sitting directly across from this woman and amongst the carrots. And Bamboozle Jane's giving her this story that doesn't make any fucking sense. And Kyle's only reaction was, wait, what? So where was the rest of the reaction? Why didn't Kyle say, 
What do you mean? Why did your son go over? Who told you this story if you're not talking to Tommy Two-Tones? Did he have surgery? Like, she didn't ask not a single fucking question other than, wait, what? Now, I know that maybe Kyle was caught off guard. I will go for that because the story was unhinged. So maybe a Kyle the Splits Richards didn't know how to take it. She was, she was caught off guard. But I do need Kyle to engage a little bit further and ask just a few follow-up questions. I know she's not Barbara Walters, she's not Diane Sawyer, but I'm going to need Kyle to put her interview cap on and start asking a couple fucking questions. And all of these women, I need them besides Sutton. They all need to step up and ask some questions because none of it makes any fucking sense. Excuse my language, but I'm, I'm getting worked up. I'm getting worked up. Because <sighs> nobody's saying nothing. There's no follow-up questions. Anything, anything, just one follow-up, say, well, who told you this? Like, did your ex-husband or Tommy Tutons, did he call you up and tell you this story? Like, where'd it come from? It just felt like there was nothing. There was nothing. And then she was saying it was snowing in in Pasadena, and then Kyle was like, oh, it's snowing in Pasadena? That was sort of a follow-up. And then Erica said, no, it was farther out, which I believe she was lying there. Because also, this was reported by page six. My research assistant, aka my boyfriend, he looked this up, and the whole story was in page six. So the page six item said that it was the burglary happened at the Pasadena home. It didn't say it happened further out at another home. So maybe was Bamboozle Jane saying that the car flipped in the snow much further out? I don't know. That's a follow up question I had for these people. Because it didn't make any sense, because it doesn't snow in Pasadena. I'm sorry, it doesn't snow here. The only time it snowed here was in uh, Father of the Bride, when uh, George Banks spent all that money in an L.A. wedding. That's the only time I remember that it snowed here, and that didn't even happen. That was Nancy Meyer's magic. That was her magic. That was not, it wasn't snowing here in California. So we're all just acting as if these are truths, and they don't make any fucking sense. And then the eye surgery didn't make sense. She said he has glaucoma. And then she said she didn't speak to him. Oh, she said she got the call at 3 a.m. Uh, or The police called at 3 a.m., but she didn't get it until 6 a.m. So what does that mean? Like, did they leave a voicemail, and then you woke up at 6 a.m., and you got the voicemail, and that's when you found out what happened? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Just when I keep sighing, I just, that's all I have to say about it. It's, uh, uh, it's stressing me out. All of it seems lies. And the news again said it was the Pasadena home. And it didn't say anything about Tom being there. The page six article that we read didn't say anything that Tom was in the home. And then he's, Erica said, she said, that's what he said, referring to Tommy Two-Tones. But then she said uh, she didn't talk to him. So what is the truth? I need to know. Somebody tell me what happens next. Somebody give me a follow-up question. Anything. Like, I'm literally losing it watching this show and these women. And I have to believe that's because they want to protect Bamboozle Chain. That's literally the only explanation for it. Because nobody would hear these stories and not give a follow-up. Maybe they edit it out. That's another thing I could think of. But also, the follow-up question just leads Erica to look more guilty. So if the show wanted us to not think Erica was guilty, then I feel like they would show follow-up questions. So maybe, I wonder if Bamboozle Jane is pissed that the show is not showing any follow-up questions because it literally makes her look very guilty. And so the show is, I believe, telling us 
Again, I always say this, we can see when the show is telling us, hey, this person's guilty. And I believe in this moment, the show, the editors, producers were saying, hey, Bamboozle Jane's guilty. Listen to this batshit insane story that they're talking about over carrots. <sighs> so anyway, I got worked up about that story. I'm sorry. It was crazy. I was like, wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> and then Eric, I love her follow up. Bamboozle Jane was like, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm under a lot of stress. I was like, yeah, that sounds like a lot of stress. All these lies. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're not lies, you guys. I don't want to say that lie because we all want them to be true. Because otherwise, it's doesn't make no sense. Doesn't make no fucking sense. Okay, you guys. Shall we take a break here and come back and talk about the rest of the episode of the Real Houses of Beverly Hills? Before we take a break, please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. Oh, and the Emmys are on this weekend. Are you guys going to watch the Emmys? The Emmys. And speaking of TV shows, I want to recommend a show. The other two. If you're not watching the other two on HBO Max, this isn't an ad. It's just a really amazing, hilarious, perfect show. It's just so fucking funny. It's on HBO Max. And if you just want some good laughs, I swear this is the, I think it's the funniest show on TV. It's called The Other Two, HBO Max. Molly Shannon's in it as a talk show host. It's everything to me. Everything to me. The Other Two, watch it. Uh, and then also, before we go to break, I want to say, uh, go to acast.com slash everything iconic for all episodes of everything iconic. Uh, and we will be right back. All right. I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy, an experienced local Redfin agent can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. All right, we're back. Hello, everyone. Remember that dinosaur movie called We're Back? I don't know why that just popped in my head. Anyway, we're back. Okay, so then we have a scene where Garcelle's with the matchmaker and she's on Bumble and she sees this really hot man named Keith. And this man, you guys, as soon as I saw that man, I was reminded. I like dick. <laughs> saw that 49-year-old kickboxer, no kids named Keith, so hot. And Garcelle, when she saw him too, she said, I see abs and I hear my bed springs. And I thought, me too, girl, me too. I like dick. And I would like to see Garcelle, again, I say it's in, it's insulting to the world that Garcelle doesn't have men lining up outside her door. She's one of the most gorgeous women. She's so smart, funny. She's all the good things. It's like the fact that Garcelle's doing a matchmaking service. I mean, you men, you straight men out there, any of you listening, you need to, you need to cool it. You need to step up and you need to cool it because the fact that Garcelle is not have a dates out the wazoo is disgusting to me. And all of you, I don't know what all the straight men are thinking. You know, I never know what they're thinking, obviously. You know, I like dick. I like dick. But I never know what these straight men are thinking. 
And the fact that they're just not outside her door, you guys, it really upsets me because she's beautiful. I hope this man, Keith, though, does help break her bread springs because she deserves it. Honestly, this man, I hope we get to meet him too because I saw those abs and I want to see that man in person. So I hope we get a scene with him uh, and this man. And again, men, I know most of the straight men who listen to this podcast, you're probably listening with your wives or your girlfriend. But if you have any straight single friends, single male friends, you need to reach out to them and you need to say, hey, step up your game, okay? And go ask Garcelle on a date because she should have a million fucking dates. She should. Okay, so then we cut to Crystal. So Crystal is, uh, she's going to be putting in a big basement renovation, 18,000 square foot basement. And there's going to be a golf room and they have to dig into the floor because Rob is tall. I don't think Rob is like exceptionally tall, but now they're going to be digging into the ground so that Rob could play golf in the basement. And I kind of feel like that's one of those things that no one's ever going to use. You know, I think it's going to happen. They're going to put all that money into it. Rob's going to use it once and then never going to use it again. And it's going to be a lot of money. Crystal says it's a million dollars. And Kyle came over. And Kyle was like, how much is this renovation going to be? And Crystal said, it's a million dollars. And then Kyle's face, uh, Kyle kind of gave Crystal like a what the fuck face. You know, it was like, what do you mean it's going to be a million dollars? That's way too much money. And then Crystal's like, well, actually, then I got it moved to 500k. And that was a lie. And that was she straight up lied to Kyle, the viewers, everyone. I don't believe that it got suddenly reduced in half. That was Crystal. In that moment, she shit her pants when she saw Kyle's face. Uh, Kyle's face was sort of saying to Crystal, like, you're being unrelatable by saying that you're doing a million-dollar renovation in your basement and digging out the hole so your husband, who directed The Lion King, could play golf in the basement. You know, Kyle was kind of giving her those eye daggers saying, like, you're unrelatable in this moment. And Kyle, I believe, probably has spent a million dollars on her basement at a time or two. Kyle's rich as fuck, too. Uh, But Kyle knows you got to be relatable to the viewer. And so Kyle was saying to Crystal subconsciously, you know, I wish we could have seen sort of the the subconscious text that Kyle was sending to Crystal in that moment because it was saying, like, you need to scale the fuck back because the viewers are going to hate you. And so Crystal did pick up on those vibes and then suddenly was like, oh, yeah, it's just 500K. She said, no, it's actually 500K. And again, uh, lying. She was just lying right to her faces. And, uh, you know, she did what she had to do, though. I understand, you know, I was actually proud of Crystal for lying. Even though it was a big fat lie, I think it was the right thing to do. I think she should have even raised it lower, even though it doesn't really make any sense. Like they're going to give you a million dollar estimate and then, and then all of a sudden it's going to come to 500K because Crystal didn't say, Oh, it got brought down to 500K because we're getting rid of the golf room or something. She was just like, Oh yeah, then I got it moved to 500K. And. And was like, that's just a flat out lie, but she should have went to something lower because still 500k in the basement. I mean, 500k is a lot of money and you're just doing the basement and they got a big ass house. I feel like they got enough rooms in there, but God bless. They're going to do the basement. Good for them. You know, they got the money, might as well spend it. Uh, however, you know, then she tried to say she was frugal. Did you catch this moment? Crystal's like, yeah, I'm really, I've always been frugal. She said she bought her bag because it will appreciate. And I don't know about that, you guys. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. I'm kind of sad because I'm just not liking Crystal as much lately, and it's making me sad. Hate to be, <laughs> hate to be, <laughs> hate to be a Danny Downer, but it does make me sad because lately, every time I see Crystal, I'm like, Crystal, you need to cool it. Uh, and then even Crystal, remember last week on the show, Crystal was trying to say like, 
uh, these two shouldn't be friends and they should just not address things and everything and they should just move on. And Kyle tried to explain to her last week, like, no, these women have to address things. And then Kyle literally sat Crystal down this episode and was like, look, when people have arguments, they need to address things. And what Kyle was really saying to Crystal in that moment was like, you don't know how this show works. Like, you need to fucking learn how this show works because you have to address everything that happens. Whether you like to or not, that's the whole show. So whether when you're fighting with someone, you can't just ignore them. You can't just be in the same room as each other like you would in real life. This is a TV show. You need to work out your problems or fight about them. Those are your only two options. And you keep doing that until the show gets canceled or you get kicked off until they fire you and then tell you that you're allowed to release a statement as if you weren't fired. You know, that's what happens to these women. <laughs> they get, everyone on Bravo gets fucking fired and then they release a statement being like, and I'm done with the show. And it's like, yeah, they don't want you back. You know, and again, I say it's technically not firing when these people leave the show, but mostly it's fired. You know, it's because the network didn't want them no more. So that's, I don't think Teddy was, uh, you know, wanted to leave the show. I think she was all in on getting fired, if you know what I mean. Anyway, so yeah, Kyle's trying to explain to Crystal, like, look, you need to address everything in, in scene. And then Crystal went into this thing about Garcelle, where she said Garcelle's just got a few friends, and I felt like it was really shitty. I didn't like that. You know, I feel really uh, defensive of my Garcelle, because I love Garcelle, and maybe some of you feel differently, but I love my Garcelle. And so now I'm seeing some of these women not treat her properly. And Garcelle's been trying for weeks to say, look, this is how I feel. I feel left out, and I feel like you guys have one click, and I'm not involved. And then she's been trying to tell them every week, and they're not fucking getting it, and it's bothering me. And then to sit here and see Crystal say that she's just got a couple of friends. I don't know. The way she was saying it, maybe I took that wrong. And maybe Crystal was legitimately saying it of like an observance of Garcelle. But it felt gross to me. It felt really gross to me. Did not like it. Any, anyway, then we cut to Kyle and Mauricio. They're having PK and uh, Dorit over for some dinner. And Kyle asks Mauricio, she says, can you go light some candles? And he says, I don't know where they are. You guys, this was a smoking gun for me. Because remember a couple weeks ago, we had that anniversary dinner where Mauricio was lighting the candles for Kyle. And remember, it was a big-ass thing. He was so proud that he lit the candles, and Kyle was like, oh my god, you lit the candles. Like, I can't believe you did all this. You got takeout, and you lit some candles. And remember, I told you guys, I don't believe that Mauricio even put those fucking candles out on the patio or wherever the fuck they had that dinner. I feel like he had someone at the house who was working there put the candles out. And now I solved it. I solved it because I don't think Mauricio even knows where any of these candles in the house are. So I know for sure for that anniversary thing that he did not put out those candles. All he did was simply light them. And someone on production or someone who works at the house put those candles out. Because now I saw Kyle ask Mauricio to get the candles out. And he's like, no. And I did not care for that. Mauricio moment. Mauricio helped this woman out. She's doing all sorts of stuff. They were cooking salmon and all sorts of food. She had broccolini. She had broccolini. It wasn't real broccoli. I think it was broccolini, right? That wasn't the full broccoli heads. It was a broccolini. I love a broccolini, too. I think they taste better than the full heads. Anyway, uh, she's doing all this work for Piquet and Dorit. So the least you could do is get some candles. Ugh, these men, The bar is so low for these men sometimes, you guys. Bar is so low. Uh, anyway, the per, uh, PK and Dorit arrived. PK had a hundred bags. <laughs> I know. It was cracking me up watching PK carry all them bags in. And then uh, Dorit was like bringing over some food. I forget she brought dessert or something. But it just seemed like a lot of bags. I don't know. I thought they were going on vacation or something. It was weird. And then 
uh, Kyle tells Dorit when they're making the dinner, all this stuff about Bamboozle Jane and somebody breaking in the house. And Dorit acted surprised, but she wasn't. She, cause it was in page six. So Dorit was acting surprised and she was putting on that shocked face that she always gives us. It was, it was a big lie. I mean, she knew, she saw the page six thing. Production informed her of what happened. Like there was no way, but it was good acting. And I appreciated that from Dorit. So then they're all sitting down for some salmon. And PK, meanwhile, wants some tartar sauce. And then Dorit was like, I'll make him a quick ta-ta. You know, she was going to make a quick tartar tartar sauce, or what did I say? Tartar tartar sauce. And I know that we were supposed to not like PK in that moment, but honestly, I got it. Because when I want a sauce on something, I need a sauce on something. I know it's not a couth to be at a fancy steak restaurant and want some A1, but sometimes I want some A1 sauce. Sometimes I need some ketchup. Matt and I were just at some restaurant recently where it was like, I needed some ketchup. They were like, oh, we don't have ketchup. And I'm like, what do you mean you don't have ketchup? I'm like, I should have brought my little packets, you know? Or I like Arby's sauce. I always tell you, you guys know I like, I'm an Arby's junkie. I love me some, a roast beef sandwich. And I need to slather that motherfucker in Arby's sauce. And so you can't just give me like one little packet. I need a whole handful of packets. I need at least like 25 Arby's sauce packets on one regular roast beef. I want that thing wet. <laughs> I need that, I need that fucking roast beef wet. Okay, you get what I mean? Like I don't even want to feel it going down my throat. I just want it to be like a me at a water park just sliding. That's how the roast beef should be going down my throat. Do you get what I mean? So they sit down and this is when Dorit starts telling the story about Bamboozle Jane and the car flipping over and everything. And she kind of laughs. She tells the story that the car flipped over. <laughs> She's doing this laugh and PK was like, "What are you laughing at?" <laughs> That made me laugh so hard because there's been a few times this season where PK is just so obviously disgusted by his wife. We've seen it in previous seasons before. PK was the first, I believe, on this show to tell Dorit that she talks too long, right? That was a scene last season, the season before of just PK saying, like, you need to get to the point much quicker. And this season, we're, we saw it when they were uh, showing their wedding dresses a couple episodes ago. And now in this scene where Dorit's telling the story and he's like, what the fuck are you laughing at? And he just seems disgusted at her, and he kind of snaps at her. And obviously, this was happening during quarantine, so I can only imagine what that household was like. I'm sure PK snapped quite a bit. He's, you know, I'm sure Dorit too. The two of them probably were uh, at odds with each other the whole quarantine. Um, but then it sort of flips because then they're trying to hear the story about Bamboozle Jane and how there was brain surgery from the first accident. Oh, that was a new revelation, actually. That was a new revelation. So remember that other accident that happened that Bamboozle Jane told us about when they were in Palm Springs at La Quinta? Well, so now we're learning that she said there was like a doctor wanted him to have brain surgery, Tommy Two-Tones, and then he did the he did the ankle instead. But I don't recall this fact about the brain surgery. And then PK, he reveals about the statistics of both uh, Tommy Two-Tones flipping the car and then the son-in-law flipping the car. And uh, Mauricio says she's been in a controlling relationship for 20 years and she's still being controlled. Or maybe that was PK that said it. One of the men said it. And then Mauricio says it's all lies. And Kyle says in her confessional, she says, hearing uh, PK and my husband's reaction is really opening my eyes. And I'm like, no shit. <laughs> no shit. Like, I don't understand why it's taking like somebody's saying just literally repeating back the things that Erica said to you for you to be surprised about it and for it to open your eyes. And Dorit says Erica's not lying. And what? It just it sounds really ridiculous to me. Like I think these people sound crazy to say it's because even PK and Maurice, I do Mauricio, I think that they are also on Erica Jane's side. 
But they're saying like, look, this is crazy lies. And they're on her side. So I think Dorit and Kyle just look ridiculous by saying like, oh, I believe that none of these are lies. Because they're very clearly lies. Now, that's not to say that Erica's not innocent, because we don't know. That's all going to play out. Okay, I'm just saying that these are also lies. Like, two things could be true. She could be completely innocent. We don't know that. I mean, do I believe that? No, not really. (laughs) The words of Luann, not really. But I do think that she is lying about this, and she could be innocent. And so the fact that PK and Maurice are the ones who have to point it out, like, look, this is lies. These are lies. And Dorit and Kyle look so silly saying, like, I believe it all. It's like none of it adds up, you guys. And then uh, PK and Maurice, they're literally cracking up because they're saying, PK said, okay, so if he needed brain surgery, why would he have ankle surgery and not brain surgery? He's not a fucking soccer player. He's a lawyer. You would have brain surgery. And PK was honestly doing stand-up. And we were all laughing, weren't we? I mean, they were laughing in the scene. I was laughing at home. I was like, PK needs to go on the road. I know I just said that uh Kath and the dog Sue need to go on the road, but now I need uh PK to be an opening act because that man is funny. I mean, I thought, and what am I watching here? Am I watching Jerry Seinfeld? Because this man is hysterical. <laughs> anyway, uh yeah, they don't they don't understand it. And also PK thinks as a manager her Instagram is bad, which I know we talked about last week, but everyone agrees. So these women just seem really I don't want to say stupid, but stupid for defending the lies. They could just say like, oh yeah, it's all very clearly a lie, but maybe she's lying for this reason or that reason. That's what they should say. But instead they're saying, oh, I believe that it's she's not lying. And that is not okay. That's not okay. Okay, so then all the women are getting ready for this uh, dress reveal. And we see Rinna getting ready. We see all of them getting ready. Dorit's house, meanwhile, she's got the models. She's got this Nick. And Erica arrives again in full glam. Crystal arrives. Crystal, I was wondering why she does this show. And I don't know if you guys know this. I don't follow Crystal on social media, but I did go take a little gander at it. And she's got a whole company. And we haven't seen the business. I I think it's like a coconut water or something. We haven't seen the business play out at all on the show, which is surprising to me. Because I was sitting here watching, I'm like, why is Crystal even on this show? Because she's so fucking rich. You know, she's richer than anybody. And her husband directed The Lion King. And it didn't seem to me like she was promoting any businesses. So I was like, what's the point here? Like, why would you want to be on this show that is doesn't seem good for anyone, really? Like, no one really comes out of these shows looking great. <laughs> Occasionally, they, these women have like a good season here and there. But for the most part, uh, they all end up looking a little ridiculous. And so Crystal's time will come. Although I do believe this pack, back half of the season, Crystal doesn't look great. Uh, but it doesn't make sense to me why she was on it. But I wonder if they just cut all the footage of her coconut water business because... Yeah, I looked it up. I was like, why Why haven't we seen that? Not one bit. I don't know. Unclear. Okay, so then Kathy arrives to Dorit's house, which again, I have to remind you, Dorit's house looks like one of those farmhouses in the valley from Vanderpump Rules. No shade to that. A beautiful looking house. I'm just saying it looks like any one of those Chip and Joanna houses. And so when Kathy arrives, she brings her architect and she says, I thought you'd appreciate the design. And I'm like thinking of what? Of the shiplap on Dorit's house? Like, what do we appreciate? And it looks like anything you'd see on Fixer Upper on HGTV. I couldn't believe that Kathy was saying, like, you know, I thought you'd appreciate this design. I'm sure that they cut this out, but I'm certain that that architect friend said, Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? Because it didn't make any sense. So they all get inside, and then Dorit gets everyone's attention. She's like, quiet, quiet. 
And then Kathy says, and I quote, she said, quiet on the set. And again, I think this is an instance where Kathy believes that Dorit is on the crew. Uh, again, I don't think that Kathy knows that Dorit is a cast member on this show. I think she's a, thinks she's a crew member. I don't know if Kathy even knows exactly what the role is, but just the fact that Kathy said quiet on the set, which I know could be a turn of phrase, but I don't think Kathy was just saying it as a turn of phrase. I think Kathy was saying it like, oh, the production needs us for something. I don't believe that Kathy knows that Dorit is a fellow cast member on this program. And I don't know if she'll ever know, and I hope she doesn't. I hope she doesn't, because she said, quiet on the set. Quiet on the set. Then, uh, okay, oh, so I mentioned Dorit's bridal company name, and it's Dorit and Nekataria. I hope I'm saying that right. And uh, Dorit says she does it all, and that's lies. Again, that's lies. They tell us lies to our faces. You guys got to see through it. You got to know when they're telling us a lie. And when Dorit was going on that whole diatribe and her confessional about how much work she does when she designs, all lies. <laughs> Mostly lies. I don't want to say it's fully lies, but it's like, I'd say 90% lies. I would guess that the Nekataria, she's doing the sketches. She's do, She's probably bringing it to Dorit and saying, do you like this? And Dorit's like, I think we should go with the lower neckline. And then that's like what Dorit adds to it. I feel like my Dorit is starting to sound like Vanderpump, isn't it? I think it is a little bit. Anyway, I don't think that this, I don't think that Dorit is doing all this. Those are lies. Those are lies. And then let's see. Oh, they bring out some of the, the dresses too. Phoenix is a flower girl. Adorable. And then we have these dresses. One of them is named the angel. And Dorit's like, for the angelic bride, PK, PK, Baba, Baba, we got the angelic bride. This one's the princess. It's opulence. This one's called the actress. This one's the pearl. The pearl, you guys, is $35,000. $35,000. When she said that, I have the no, chill. No. I couldn't believe $35,000. What do you mean? What's $35,000? I don't understand $35,000. I mean, no one should spend $35,000 on a dress. I don't believe. I know people do that for weddings. You guys know how I feel about weddings. I think it's too much monies. And this one's $35,000. One of them uh, is called just the woman. I don't really understand why we're calling it the woman. Then the doorbell rings. After we have our little fashion show, the doorbell rings. And Dorit's like, who's that, my love? Like, she shouted that so loud at the party. And it was like, well, answer the door, you'll find out. <laughs> I thought, what do you mean, who's at the door? Just an- She shouted that. It was so strange to me. Dorit's like, uh, who's that, my love? And I was like, are you just talking to talk or something? I'm not sure. It was Harry Hamlin, you guys. And I, you know, I love my Harry Hamlin. When I saw him, every time I see Harry Hamlin, I think. I like Dick. I think that's an attractive older man. And I like him. He seems like a good personality. And I do believe people balance each other out. And I think he balances out Rena very well. I, he seems like a nice man. He's playing Tom Brokaw, too, which I want to see that. Was it a movie, TV show? I think maybe a TV show for Ridley Scott. I want to see that. You know what does bother me, though? Okay, just sit tight. Sit tight, little bear. I got something to say. What does bother me is these men in Hollywood, these actors, over 50, they get these great roles, right? Harry Hamlin gets all these good roles. He's on Mad Men. Now he's going to play Tom Brokaw. Meanwhile, Garcelle's sitting right there. I want Garcelle to get one of these roles. Let's let Garcelle play a famed newscaster. But you know what? There's not a lot of black women who are famed newscasters in the 50s. So there's not movies being made about them. And that's why we need more representation in news media and in film. Because I need to see Garcelle more on screen. I want to see Garcelle in a movie. And I want to get, I want her to get a plum part. I want her to get something juicy where she could be dramatic and all these things. Cause she's a good actress. Go watch one of her films. 
And all of the women, too, by the way. I even feel that I feel that way about Kyle. You guys know, I think Kyle, she's going to be in the new Halloween movie. Kyle's a good actress. Kim Richards, go watch her scene in Black Snake Moan. Kim Richards is a great actress. But uh, women over 50, they don't get the roles that men over 50 get. And so I'm going to need that to stop because Harry Hamlin's getting all these juicy roles. And yeah, we all, I love Harry Hamlin. But I need some of the women to get some of these roles, and I need there to be more juicy roles for women so that they don't have to go on Housewives. Because quite oftentimes, people like Kyle and Kim and Rinna and Eileen and Garcelle, they got to go on a reality show because they're not getting scripted roles. And they should be getting scripted roles. You guys, they should. And I'm only interested in watching scripted stuff about women over 50. That's all I want. So give it to me. Give me a new... uh, anything, anything about these women scripted over 50, anything, please. I beg you, Hollywood. I beg you give Garcella a role. Give Kyle Richards a role. Kyle, the splits Richards. So she could stop doing the fucking splits on reality TV and getting in fights with her sister. <laughs> That's, I miss Kim though. You guys, I do miss Kim. I miss my Kim. You know how I said, I feel really protective of Kath. That's how I used to feel about Kim too. And I know Kim had her demons. Don't get me wrong. We know Kim had her demons. She shoplifted a whole cart from Target. I get it. Who among us uh, is perfect? No one. But Kim paid the price. You know, she had law and order. So Kim paid the price, but I always had a soft spot for her. And, uh, you know, I wanted to protect her. And I feel that way about Kathy. And Kyle, I think, always appeared to be stronger in a lot of ways. And so I don't feel that way about Kyle so much. But Kim, I just want the best for, and Kathy, now I want the best for them. And, uh, you know, they've been through it all. They've been through it all. But I miss Kim, and Kim's a good fucking actress. And been slaying the game since she was a little girl, okay? I don't know. They were on Little House on the Prairie, Escaped to Mitch- Witch Mountain. These women were in uh, amazing features. So let's let them uh, act on screen again. Okay, anyway, so Harry's paying... Tom Brokaw. And then, oh, so it's revealed that Kathy thought Bernie Sanders was either Elf on the Shelf or Colonel Sanders. Wow. You guys, when I heard that, I loved it. I love Kath. I love that. I don't know what else to say. I love that she just thought Bernie Sanders. She didn't know. Kathy's obviously not a political junkie. She didn't even know who Bernie Sanders fucking was. And to be honest with you, I sometimes wish I had that sort of political ignorance sometimes. Obviously, I I know we all have things we need to pay attention to, and we need to know what's going on in the world. But sometimes, especially over the past few years, haven't you felt like I wish, haven't you sometimes felt like I wish I didn't just know everything that was going on in the news? Right? Could be it could be so overwhelming. It's like enough is enough. And I like that Kathy's not even willing to learn who Bernie Sanders is. And uh, that's on some level something to be impressed by. And I'm not saying we should all be that ignorant. Okay, don't twist my words. I know sometimes people like to twist words and say I said this or that. But I'm not saying that we should all be ignorant to what's going on in the world. I'm just saying sometimes a little ignorance can be bliss. And maybe Kathy's got it right there. Maybe she does. I don't know. Oh, so meanwhile, the guys go outside. They're all talking. So Harry Hamlin goes out there. Maurice, PK, Rob, they're all outside. And it's revealed that PK lost $2 billion. I didn't understand that. And I wasn't, did I hear it right? Did he say million? And I heard billion? Because I swear, I thought I heard billion. And I think they said billion twice. Twice. I did not believe my ears that he lost $2 billion. Did we hear that story before? And maybe I missed it. Maybe I, it went through one ear out the other. And I just don't remember it in my brain anymore. But I don't recall that story. <sighs> but he lost $2 billion. So meanwhile, the women are inside. They're talking about how Garcelle was on Ellen. 
And I was pissed too because Garcelle was on Ellen. I was happy for her. But then it was revealed like it wasn't even when Ellen was there. It was like they had a guest co-host. It was like Mario Lopez. God bless Mario Lopez. But you know, uh, I wish that Garcelle could have been there when, when Ellen was there. Although maybe it's for the best, you know? And I, one thing I don't like is how Ellen does all that scaring. And I'm not talking about behind the scenes. I'm talking about when they have the guest on and the poor guest is sitting there and then Ellen just has someone pop out and scare him. I'm not interested in that. You guys, if I ever host a talk show, I promise you guys, I will never just scare my guests. And I don't know if any of you out there are listening might be a potential guest on a talk show of my dreams in the future. But I promise you, I'm giving you this promise that I will not just scare you while you're there to be a guest on my show, because that's not appropriate. And it always, I know there's plenty of things to be mad at Ellen for. There's all those allegations. I get it. There's plenty of other things to be mad at that woman for. She's done it all. She's done it all. The laundry list is long on that one. Uh, but I just want to focus on the scaring. You know, as we head into Halloween season, I don't think it's appropriate for Reese Witherspoon to go on that show to promote her Apple TV Plus limited series or whatever the fuck she's promoting and then sit down for a chat and then somebody just pops up out of nowhere and scares her half to death. What if somebody had a stroke or something? I mean, you never know. You could have a heart attack. I, if I was on the Ellen show and somebody scared me, you guys, I'd be, uh, it wouldn't be okay. Anyway, so I, I guess on that level, I was happy that Garcelle was with Mario Lopez. But Mario Lopez asked, like, how's filming going? And they broke the fourth wall a little bit because Garcelle said, oh, the women are coming after me. And Dorit brings, or no, Kyle brought this up uh, to the group. And then Dorit says, Gar- Garcelle just makes up issues. And here's what I think is the actual thing is that Garcelle has opinions and they don't want Garcelle to have opinions, right? Because the whole job of the show is for you to have opinions about these women. And so Garcelle was saying, this is my opinion. They're coming after me, whatever. And then they don't like that she has an opinion. Just like how they don't like how Garcelle says, I don't feel like I fit in with you guys. They don't even want that opinion. They just want Garcelle to just stand there and not do the job of a housewife, which is talk about how she feels about this person, that person, and the group as a whole. And so it really is kind of pissing me off that Dorit just keeps saying she's making up issues. It's like, yeah, that's the whole show, Dorit. Your friend Bamboozled Jane is making up a whole story about somebody's car flipping and then glaucoma and I don't know, all the other fucking stuff that's going on. And you don't have no issue with that. But then Garcelle gives one pretty innocuous opinion about the group and you're taking issue with it. Now, I do appreciate that Dorit is taking issue with it because that's also part of the job description. So to that, I say bravo, Dorit. I just don't like how it's all focused on like the fact that they don't want Garcelle to have any sort of opinion when that's the job description. And maybe, maybe I'm being sensitive because I'm really loving Garcelle. I'm ba da ba 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 loving her this season. And so uh, it might change. But they're all talking about this. And Garcelle says, look, no one takes my side. Meanwhile, Bamboozle Jane and Rinna are, they're like Statler and Waldorf from the corner, you know, from the Muppets. Who are Statler and what are their names? Waldorf? Watler? What? I don't know. Those, you know, those Muppets that just judge everybody. <laughs> I felt like that was them at the table. They were just judging. Which, by the way, I love them Muppets. You know I love all Muppets, but Statler and Waldorf. I, why can I say their names? Statler and Waldorf? Waldorf? I feel like I'm saying Waldorf wrong. But that's the Muppets' name, isn't it? You guys will correct me. I know you're all yelling at the radio or wherever you listen. I'll look it up as soon as I'm done here. Um, but I do love all the Muppets. But those two in particular, I just love that they just decided to make those, those mean, judgy-ass Muppets. Those two... Gay Muppets that just judge people in the corner, the old old homos in the corner just judging. <laughs> I mean, we don't know that they're gay, but I assume that Statler and Waldorf are gay. 
I mean, I'm, I'm going to assume that because they just seem like judgy old queens. And that's a compliment. Okay. I say that as someone who's going to turn into Statler in one of these days, you know, and I'm just going to be sitting behind the microphone judging these housewife shows as if I'm Statler and Waldorf. Waldorf? Why can't, Waldorf. I can't say the name. You guys are getting frustrating with me, aren't you? I can't say the name. I don't know why I forgot it. My favorite Muppet, though, Miss Piggy and Fozzie, those are like my, you know, Miss Piggy is everything to me. I just posted a clip of Miss Piggy and Kermit from the Today Show in 1990 on my Instagram. And there's just no character better than Miss Piggy. And I truly feel like she's the original Queen Icon legend. She has housewife vibes before housewives even existed. She's also very inspirational. And I just love her. I love her. Just no one better. No one better. That's a dream of mine, too, by the way, to talk to Miss Piggy. That's all I want in life. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so, luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y, dot com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Uh, okay, so where were we? Oh, so Rina. She said she'll go stick up for herself. She feels there's an injustice going on. She'll say something. But she said she doesn't feel there was any injustice. I don't know if I believe that. I think that was a little bit of a lie. Anyway, Garcelle says uh, to Dorit, you need to shut the fuck up. And then the episode ends. Next week, we get them at Grand Del Mar. We see some seals humping. Uh, we get a little Erica versus Sutton. And then Garcelle cries. And I cried, too. Even in the preview, I was crying. I was like, oh, my God, Garcelle, don't do this to me. I just don't like the everyone's being mean. And I bet you soon maybe I'll turn on Garcelle. But as of it stands, I'm getting really pissed. Really not liking it, you guys. That's the episode. We did a long Beverly Hills recap this week, didn't we? I hope you guys don't mind the extra long episode. I want to encourage you all, if you've uh, listened or if you've watched the Real House of Salt Lake City premiere, which if you haven't watched it yet, you need to watch because it's the best TV 
truly, like, I can't sing the praises of Salt Lake City enough. I think that cast is perfect. The premiere was thrilling. There's all that legal stuff going on. There's so much drama. And it looks like the other cast members. So Jen Shaw is on Salt Lake City, and she's going through all this legal stuff because she was bamboozling people over telemarketing. And so uh, she was... She did all this stuff and she might, she was like arrested at one point. The, F, the feds came and all the women, it seems like they're going to be questioning her harder throughout the season than we're seeing on Beverly Hills Housewives. Anyway, it's thrilling. It's thrilling TV. So you need to watch it and then listen to the recap. I'm recapping Salt Lake City on everything iconic. So we're adding that to the rotation. So we'll have our Salt Lake City and our Potomac recaps out on Sunday nights or Monday mornings. And then we'll have our Beverly Hills recap. And I'm looking at what to do next. So we have Vanderpump Rules is coming. Winter House is coming. I think soon, maybe like end of the year, we'll also have Jersey Housewives. I'm hearing like maybe December-ish. Who knows? Late November, early December, maybe. So we have a lot of stuff coming. And I got to decide if I'm going to cover Winter House. Am I going to cover Vanderpump Rules? Unclear. I don't know. I've been asking. I asked people on my social media. I said if I could only pick between Winter House and Vanderpump Rules, what would you guys want? And it seemed overwhelmingly. You said Winter House, which I know is only six episodes. So I'm thinking maybe we like kind of dip into Vanderpump Rules, see how it is at the beginning of the season, while I reserve the right to dip out very quickly if it's bad. You know, that's kind of where I'm leaning. And then Winter House is just six episodes. I don't know. Uh, kind of figured out. We got a lot to think about, you guys. We got a lot to think about. And I'm I'm curious if you guys will watch all these shows. What? Maybe we just stick to Housewives. Unclear. Unclear. We'll see. Anyway, uh, you guys, I love you so much. I love you so much. God, I love you. God love you. I had too much of that coffee, that skinny girl. Don't buy those half caps anymore. They're not great. I mean, again, I say it tasted like I drank ass. You know, that's not my official review. No one tweet that. No, Don't tag anyone, you guys. Please, no tagging on this show. I know we haven't talked about that in a while, but no tagging. Anything I say, don't tag. I don't want you guys like tweeting Bethany that I said her... Her coffee tastes like, uh, you know, wet ass, okay? But, uh, you know, no tagging. Anyway, with all that said, let's do our cheesy little cool down. Let's take a moment to just take a deep breath in and hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. I love you. I love you all. Stay safe. Watch the Emmys on Sunday night. Maybe tune in to E! after the Emmys. Uh, I, yeah, do that. And I love you all so much for listening. Bye-bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah.